This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. On Love by Percy Bysshe Shelley Reading by Ethan Gordon What is love? Ask him who lives, what is life? Ask him who adores, what is God? I know not the internal constitution of other men, nor even thine whom I now address. I see that in some external attributes they resemble me, but when, misled by that appearance, I have thought to appeal to something in common, and unburden my inmost soul to them, I have found my language misunderstood, like one in a distant and savage land. The more opportunities they have afforded me for experience, the wider has appeared the interval between us and to a greater distance have the points of sympathy been withdrawn. With a spirit ill-fitted to sustain such proof, trembling and feeble though its tenderness, I have everywhere sought sympathy, and have found only repulse and disappointment. Thou demandest what is love? It is that powerful attraction towards all that we conceive, or fear, or hope beyond ourselves, when we find within our own thoughts the chasm of an insufficient void, and seek to awaken in all things that are a community with what we experience within ourselves. If we reason, we would be understood. If we imagine, we would that the airy children of our brain were born anew within another's. If we feel, we would that another's nerves should vibrate to our own, that the beams of their eyes should kindle at once and mix and melt into our own, that lips of motionless ice should not reply to lips quivering and burning with the heart's best blood, this is love. This is the bond and the sanction which connects not only man with man, but with everything which exists. We are born into the world, and there is something within us which, from the instant that we live, more and more thirsts after its likeness. It is probably in correspondence with this law that the infant drains milk from the bosom of its mother. This propensity develops itself with the development of our nature. We dimly see within our intellectual nature a miniature, as it were, of our entire self. Yet deprived of all that we condemn or despise, the ideal prototype of everything excellent or lovely that we are capable of conceiving as belonging to the nature of man. Not only the portrait of our external being, but an assemblage of the minutest particles of which our nature is composed, a mirror whose surface reflects only the forms of purity and brightness, a soul within our soul that describes a circle around its proper paradise, which pain and sorrow and evil dare not overleap. To this we eagerly refer all sensations, thirsting that they should resemble or correspond with it. The discovery of its antitype, the meeting with an understanding capable of clearly estimating our own, an imagination which should enter into and seize upon the subtle and delicate peculiarities which we have delighted to cherish and unfold in secret, with a frame whose nerves, like the chords of two exquisite lyres, strung to the accompaniment of one delightful voice, vibrate with the vibrations of our own, and of a combination of all these in such proportions as the type within demands. This is the invisible and unattainable point to which love tends, and to attain which it urges forth the powers of man to arrest the faintest shadows of that, without the possession of which there is no rest nor respite to the heart over which it rules. Hence in solitude, 
or in that deserted state when we are surrounded by human beings and yet they sympathize not with us we love the flowers the grass and the waters and the sky in the motion of the very leaves of spring in the blue air there is then found a secret correspondence with our heart there is eloquence in the tongueless wind and a melody in the flowing brooks and the rustling of the reeds beside them which by their inconceivable relation to something within the soul awaken the spirits to a dance of breathless rapture and bring tears of mysterious tenderness to the eyes like the enthusiasm of patriotic success or the voice of one beloved singing to you alone stern says that if he were in a desert he would love some cypress so soon as this want or power is dead man becomes the living sepulchre of himself and what yet survives is the mere husk of what once he was end of on love by percy bish shelley